It's time for Straight to VHS with Chris and Carson, also featuring Intern Kyle. Hello and welcome to another episode of Straight to VHS, the Chris and Carson show. As always, I am Carson. Hey, I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle. Why the somber attitude there, Chris? Well, I've got, you know, I know this podcast is all about goofs and discussing movies and having fun, but I kind of have some sad news I need to share with you guys, if you, if you don't mind. I mean, I feel like we're a little more than goofs, but but go ahead. Mm, we're pretty goofs. <laughs> goofs heavy, I think. Anyway, you're all distracting right, well, me from my somber news, sad, somber news. Um, listeners of last week will have heard the trial of the century between intern Kyle V. Yapper Dog, uh, in which this court determined that Kyle was in fact at fault for being bit because he chose to wear one of his many dog pelt jackets. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) well, some sad news, everyone. It turns out, uh, our own Kyle took that decision before the uh, appellate court and that verdict has been overturned. Um, Yapper Dog has been found guilty on all counts, and I just found out last night Yapper Dog was executed by electric chair. What? Whoa! So don't don't you feel big, Kyle? Don't you feel proud of yourself? That's surprising that my case uh, ended in a way that I didn't even know. You know. You should be sick. You should be ashamed of yourself. I am sick, and I didn't even. I never wanted this for that dog. I I really I really wanted the best, and he what didn't even have rabies. I tell you what, that uh that appellate court done goofed. Yeah, this is messed up. This just shows the failings of our justice system when a man can butcher dogs for fashion sense, and and it is it the fault is placed on our quote-unquote man's best friend i know it's definitely not kyle's best friend at this rate well i i never claimed that yeah that dogs were were my best friend that that much is is clear i hope to to the the viewers but i I never intended for any any dog to get hurt and i hope that you can believe me in that but you know anyway good riddance to the dog i don't care (laughs) that's it's a terrible, terrible thing to say about Yapper Dog. Kyle coming out of the courthouse, just like two middle fingers up. <laughs> I, look, you, you want me to feel bad and I could maybe put on a show for for everyone. I know that's maybe what some people want to hear, but I'm going to lay out the truth. I don't I don't miss the Yapper Dog. <laughs> I know. Well. Uh, I can't. I can't stomach to hear any more about this. Um, Kyle, can you just please tell tell us about Wine Country and tell us lead us into the movie? For this yeah, week? I gotta say, sorry. I know this is like not how we do things, but I adored Wine Country. What a treat! I I'm so happy you picked that film, Kyle, for us to discuss this week. <laughs> it's just like a, a collection Wait, of friends, you know. On. It's just sort of no. like us. What? Oh, go ahead. No, hold on. Did both of you watch Wine Country? Uh, no, I was just going along with a bit. Carson. I mean, I did watch Wide Country, but yeah, I also... Please tell me you you actually watched the movie that was assigned by me. I did, I did. I'm not you. I mean, come on. (laughs) Um, sorry, can we take... How how long was the movie you picked, Kyle? Uh, 
two hours, I think. Okay, I'm gonna. I need to take a two-hour bathroom break. I'll be right back. <laughs> and also, <laughs> what's the name of the movie? <laughs> hey, is it um, on Netflix, Kyle? What? What's? Where do I find this movie? Uh, yeah, you're gonna find it on Netflix. Okay, and... sorry. I'm just using the restroom. Don't mind me. Really, really rough look for us last week, uh, not editing out my bathroom break out of the podcast. Really, really sorry about that for all the viewers out there. Yeah. All right. What, and what's the deal with that? Well, we don't pay our editor enough, and it probably is a net to do, too. It's zero. <laughs> Listeners should know our editor is Dane. You would have heard him in that episode, uh, The Ballad of Buster Dane. And uh, he also made an appearance and unsupervised and hear his voice in the intro. The guy's a bum and <laughs> we need to find a new editor. Well, that much is, is true. But I also have a question for Carson, uh, which I think is more important and more pressing at this time is, did you go to the bathroom prior to I starting? Did. I did. Before, did. before I put the microphone on, I uh, got, got everything taken care of. Okay, so you were just joking we when I told you when I texted you beforehand to go to the bathroom and you said no. I was just uh was Yes, a, I was goof, I was just being obstinate. As we, that was as one we of our it. famous famous goofs. Yeah, we peel back the curtain here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to okay. be more than a goof. I'm so much more. All right, uh Dane, uh do like a cut sound here. And okay, Oh, hey, guys, man, boy, that was a long bathroom break. Boy, okay, what what movie did we watch, Kyle? Uh, it was uh, The Meyerowitz Stories, New and Selected, written and directed by Noah Baumbach. So um, what's you might recognize that name is he was the he's the writer and director of Marriage Story, one of the first movies we did, and it's the first time we're doing a repeat uh, writer-director uh movie if that makes sense are you it asking does. us if that makes sense yeah it makes well, sense. it's a question i guess i guess it could have been rhetorical but you know that's you what can, i assumed but you can nod along on the podcast if you wish oh uh, the rhetorical questions aren't followed okay. by so much silence on a podcast but <laughs> <laughs> kyle yeah. just so you know i'm physically nodding when you do a rhetorical question so just assume uh, i'm, I'm okay so just keep you know it's an Thank audio platform, good but like, because we'll let intro... you know if we're not with you like I, two seasons into this you should know we'll interrupt you if we're not, if we're not <laughs> <laughs> okay um was was marriage story the first one that i was that i was on was that the first movie we did for, with me that was our first movie other than our we had that episode zero pilot that's mm. not very good we don't speak of it. The fandom, the the interns don't speak good. of it. Well, it was a little. It, we hadn't hit our stride. Obviously, we've hit our stride now, <laughs> as you can tell. Yeah, speak, oh, we speak are for cooking. yourself. You know, back then I felt like I had character. Now look at me, <laughs> just just a goof. A goof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I'll break down the Meyerowitz stories, new and selected, and obviously we're gonna go into spoilers. But you knew going into this week, viewers what movie we were going to watch. Um, and it wasn't wine country. So this movie is about a story of the family, uh, the Meyerowitz family coming together in New York city in kind of only the way they can as their father, um, falls ill in a way with a head injury. 
And so it's the three kids, Danny played by Adam Sandler, Jean played by Elizabeth Marvel and Matthew played by Ben Stiller. Um, all try to kind of reconcile with their father um, kind of before the injury. And then after he, he goes into a coma and the father played by Dustin Hoffman. Um, so Harold is in his fourth marriage, the father, um, and he's kind of an artist and not like a super failure, but not a super success either. And, um, basically, yeah, it's kind of all these kids coming together and they're the inner relationships of this family kind of playing out to sometimes comedic, sometimes, um, not so comedic and, and more self-reflection and touching, uh, emotional connections. And Chris, I'll start with you. What do you think of this movie oh. that I'm that I you just watched? I just well, so you should have some real hot takes. Um, so I this is the sound I made because I I wasn't paying attention when you said it last week, and I didn't hear you say Adam Sandler. And at first, I didn't. I thought this was an Adam Sandler directed produced movie, and so mm. this is the sound I made when I saw his name. I went. Bleh, oh, oh. <laughs> Wow. That was, Jeez. That, Tell me that what you really think about Adam Sandler movies these I, days. Yeah. Because let's, listen. That was horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> let's be fair. Adam Sandler is his movies on Netflix are embarrassing and not good. Oh. They they are. They're embarrassing and not good. And a holiday was fun. Enjoyed myself a little holiday. No? Exception that proves the rule, I think. <laughs> And oh, the one with Jennifer Aniston on the boat, oh, murder boat. What that was, was the same murder one, mystery? wasn't it? I think that was, yeah, that's the holiday. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Is it? Anyway, listen, okay. <laughs> stop defending him. He, he tricked Netflix into giving him like a six figure deal. And all he and his friends do is go to Hawaii, film a movie and, and throw it on Netflix. And it's terrible. You listen, don't think, okay. But you Chris, they're terrible. You want to take that exact same deal? No, I'm not. Listen, I'm not judging his decision, but I am judging the product, and the products have been bad. Chris, and, you didn't like that one where he like went on a boat and like his co-star was that lady from Friends. Like that wasn't <laughs> you didn't like that one. <laughs> oh, which one was that? Person, I love that one. <laughs> listen, yeah, even murder. <laughs> no, that's not the holiday. That's murder mystery. Oh, you really? guys are, are wrong. These, you guys are, are making. You guys movies? are trying to goof, and I think you're wrong. Okay. Well, either way, listen. I <laughs> I will not okay. allow us to defend these Adam Sandler movies. Okay, yeah, they're not well, good. Okay. What What are we doing talking about these movies anyway? When they have well, nothing my, to do with what? <laughs> because I was getting to it. I did my <laughs> funny noise, and I was going to just quickly pass by <laughs> that point, and you guys. Ground it to a halt. You refuse to sound continue. Like you thought that, that one go- you thought that your funny noise was going to be a certain type of goof, but it ended up being <laughs> a completely different type, kind of goof. But anyway, continue. Okay. We might as well wrap this up. So <laughs> basically, oh my god, the, my point was that when Adam Sandler is constrained by a different director, different writer, and he's just acting. I think he does a really good job. And this is an example of that. And I went to this movie knowing nothing about it. I didn't even know it was a Noah Baumbach film. I, I literally, as I was watching, I wrote in my notebook, this kind of reminds me of Marriage Story, just not realizing. And then well, at the end, go. when I saw his name in, 
in the credits, I was like, oh, that, well, makes sense. Um, <laughs> An astute observer. So anyway, this is my long-winded way of saying I enjoyed this film. <laughs> okay. Carson, perhaps you have something a little shorter for us. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll be more concise here. Um, I, too, uh, really enjoyed this film. I thought it was um, both light and fun and funny, while also dealing with some like pretty... Um, intense, you know, family relationships and bringing just some real emotion to, a, you know, an otherwise, you know, funny story dealing with, um, well, a story that had funny components, you know, with Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler and stuff. Um, you know, it, it's one of those movies that, like, I think would have, like, I, I've always sort of resented the fact that the Golden Globes has that category that's, like, best drama or comedy, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, they're, they're completely different things. Like, why are we lumping these two sort of things together? Uh, but this movie would have fit well as both a, a drama and a comedy. Um, I know there's there's gamemanship in that, and people try to go in the weaker feel, but what would each of you really quick file this under? Would you call it a comedy or a drama, if you had to pick one? It's a, a non-rhetorical question. Yeah, that's a <laughs> this is me nodding at you, Kyle. <laughs> uh, I thought I would probably say, you know, I, I think it gave it away in my answer when I sort of backed off the definition of a comedy. I, I think this was more of a drama for me. Yeah, I agree. I would call it a drama. Hmm. I would call it a dramedy, but if you had to pick one or the other, I'd call it a drama. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's great. But anyway, to to end my introduction, I my favorite moment in the film is when you get the short little snippet um, into Jean's character. And Jean is the sister in this family that's trying to look after their dad. And she had sort of run off into the forest. Um, and someone, someone asks her, I think Matt asks her like, why are you still here? You know, what are you still you know, doing? Dad's never been there for you. And she sort of says, you know, that's what people do. You got to be a decent person. Um, and I like hanging out with you guys, you know, I, I like hanging out with you and I can't do that line justice of just like repeating it back on the podcast, but uh, it was, I don't know. I thought it was super emotional. Um, and that's frankly how I felt about this movie and the characters, you know, I liked hanging out with them. They're funny, mm -hmm. emotionally messed up, uh, relationships and all. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, that I think you bring up is, is Chris, did you have a, a we can get right into a favorite part of the film. Uh, cause I think Carson, that's a great, that was a great point in the film. We get a little insight into Gene who is kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say like shrugged off to the side, but definitely not in, in, uh, investigated as heavily as Ben Stiller or Adam Sandler's character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I had some, some favorite parts that we'll get to, I think just in general, what resonating resonated the most with me was that sibling dynamic. Um, I'm kind of a sucker for a good sibling um plot in a movie or show or whatever i just i i think when it's done well it's nice and this was mm -hmm. done really well it, it didn't feel trite it didn't feel fake it just felt like people trying to come to terms with each other after sort of a rocky childhood and and kind of reconnecting as adults yeah that's a, a great point because harold the father uh kind of failed all of them in in different ways so like danny adam sandler's character you know uh has given up 
music and and doesn't really have a career right now and is kind of just um you know bouncing around place to place isn't really settled down and and Jean isn't talked about much like I said but she like and what Carson was saying like she feels like she has to show up because that's what people do even though she might not have got as much love from her father um as as she deserves um and then she also had that trauma in her childhood which we can talk about later and then matt uh matthew ben stiller's character you know was successful but he got kind of most of the dad's attention and that he said that was a great point in the film too and he's like that messed me up in a different kind of way um because of the attention he got from his father and and just goes to show like certain types of attention aren't always good even if it is attention that that others didn't receive um let's see we can go on into uh are we on notebook if we can go on into the mailbag actually no um (laughs) give us a tune so next week on the podcast we're going to be discussing wine country (laughs) no i gotta say i before we move on here i just Mm. i thought the first 30 minutes of the film did such a tremendous job of setting the stage, like even in really good films, you know, um, like marriage story, for instance, like there's just too much exposition that you have to lay down in the first act of a, of a film to try sort of get people on board. And I thought what they did here, you know, with Danny driving his daughter over, um, to her grandpa's Danny's dad's house, just to have a dinner before she goes away for college. Um, that sort of natural, just like family dinner and all of the emotions that come with that and all of the hilarity that comes with that uh, was just a really cool way to set up the film. I, I think ultimately, like the first act for me was sort of just like a huge exercise in nostalgia of like, remember when you were a girl and 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 you and, and me, your dad wrote this song together and played it on the piano and now you're going away to college and then you get a little bit of, of grandpa, the... Um, the, the patriarch of the family, sort of his art career. And you start to learn about that a little bit. Um, and on top of all of it, it's just hilarious. Um, you get introduced to, to my favorite character, Maureen, um, the always drunk stepmom. And mm. uh, it's... Uh, Is that your life goal, uh, being a drunk stepmom? <laughs> I she wouldn't... doesn't have it so bad. That wouldn't be, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's certain attributes of her character that I feel like I could replicate, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you make you make bad dinners too. I honestly, you know, I was thinking about this. I I wanted I had this pinned out. I was like, find a way to pin Kyle as the Maureen of the podcast. But honestly, I don't think what? I can. It's probably me, right? Like out of everyone in the podcast, like I'm just sort of here having a good time yeah, making here's bad the dinners. Uh, here's the thing: we all know who Kyle is from that movie. I don't remember her name. He's the daughter character. Because have you seen Kyle's TikTok videos? They are explicit. Lots of nudity. Lots of sex. Uh, you know, Kyle, how often have you just been full naked on your TikTok videos? I think you have to sign up and uh, find out for yourself. And remind remind the listeners where they can find you on TikTok. What's oh, your handle? Yeah, that's going to be uh, always nude at TikTok.com. Uh, uh dot com get behind the paywall people it's worth it <laughs> you have an only fans coming sometime soon Kyle or are you just happy to put it all on TikTok uh no TikTok's been fine for me so far and hasn't kicked me mm. off so 
And that yeah. brings us to our first sponsor, <laughs> Disney. Thank you very much, Disney. <laughs> we love you, Disney Plus. Release more original content so we can review you. Yeah, I yeah. have some ideas. Hit me up. We can, we can bring this energy to your movies. Uh, that's a good segue. So let's talk about the daughter character a little bit. Uh, Kyle, can you give us a little background yeah. on... So this is Danny, a.k.a. Adam Sandler's daughter of the film. She goes off to college. She's a film student. And, and what do we know about her? I don't even yeah. remember her name. So that I don't great. remember oh, her he... name. Um, <laughs> okay, we'll just call I know her the I'm usually kind of the name guy, but uh, I'm dropping Was the ball. Was it Liza today. or something like that? Uh, mm. Unclear. No? Okay. I don't know. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> she, what, you, you want me to start where she goes off to college? No, Give I us her backstory. To... Where was she born? When? <laughs> what was she like yeah. growing up? Looks like she was. So hmm, this movie came out. Look, when... Kyle, no, look. I'm going to talk you. I'm going to stop you there. Uh, I really just wanted to talk about Pagina Man. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say my favorite quote well, from Pagina to... Man? <laughs> it was uh, "Ping pong paddle that cock." Dude, I wrote that down too. <laughs> Let's give a little context, uh, Carson, if you will, for people yeah. who, who have no idea what we're talking about. This is what I was trying to get Kyle to do, but I guess my my questions weren't, weren't pointed enough. He couldn't see me shaking my head through, through the podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, you thought it was rhetorical. So she is a it's freshman Eliza. film student. Eliza, by the way. Oh, I was oh, like half nice. right. Yep. Yes! <laughs> Woo! Okay. Uh, so Eliza goes off to college she's a film student and all of her films <laughs> this is probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when adam sandler is like <laughs> sitting around the desk and he's like oh guys like i just got eliza's first film and he and grandpa <laughs> and gene his sister <laughs> sit around and watch this <laughs> and it i don't even know how to describe it it's called vagina man and yeah. she's sort of um I think she's like a superhero say, who has both male and female genitalia. Right, right. <laughs> and like the main character, I think, has like, you know, like different aspects of her sexuality are expressed through different characters that are arguing with each other. I, I don't know. Go go ahead, Chris. Keep, try, and, try and do better well, with this than I am. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the daughter making these like repressed sexual films. If anyone has ever seen college students, uh, like film students' uh, movies, this was the same thing. Very experimental, very bizarre, um, but just incredible. And and we see multiple films throughout. And it gets great because eventually Gene, um, Adam Sandler's sister, uh, joins in. It becomes a character in the movies. But uh, Pagina uh, uh, Man, the best review is from Gene. And she just says after watching it, they're all sitting there. And she goes, wow, that was a hard R. <laughs> i believe some of the dialogue was you want to feel a cock on your neck and then the other the other personality says or do you want to do the feeling and then it cuts back to the main character and she says i could do both <laughs> that's how vagina wow. man was born. you yeah. guys really took to these a lot more than uh <laughs> i found myself <laughs> And during the course of, of this movie, I really, I mean, I can remember the feeling of watching them. Like I can, like in the quick flash, bright cuts, whatever, and, and all the, the explicitness, but 
to to know the to write to feel the need to write out you know the dialogue and i don't know it's just kind of on another level for me but look kyle pagina man i didn't write anything down first off pagina oh. man is just inside me now yeah do you um, want to rephrase that not only, no not only is not only pagina man is no, pagina me, man inside say. you you're inside him at the same time oh my god <laughs> You're so, both at once. I uh, I also <laughs> wanted to talk about <laughs> this is incredible. Uh, the uh, you know part of the nostalgia that I liked uh, in the first part of this movie was Danny just like sitting around with his dad watching baseball. Like I I could watch you know probably twenty minute scenes of just like a father and a son just saying nonsense baseball takes at each other back and forth. It's just like <laughs> oh, yeah they're pitch hitting Degrom, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they should have started Mateo, wasted talent out of the bullpen. Because um, I just have so – I think I whisper this stuff in my sleep, like about the Mariners. I don't even like baseball that much. It's just like a cultural thing. But with like, with like the Seattle Mariners, like I just have these things like, man, Chase Utley. Like what a – you know, wish we could have yeah. we could have had him. You that know? part's like, definitely up your alley. Can't can't believe I think... we took Brandon Morrow in the first round. It's a damn shame. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> okay. Um, it, I think we all agree. All of the acting was great, but but Dustin Hoffman was just incredible. Do you guys agree? Really wasted this movie? King Felix's prime. Carson, what? Who? Oh, you're still talking about baseball? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. We, I can hook you up with a sports podcast to get on if you need to get this out of your system. But we're doing uh, a goof, guys. Just go with it. No, Kyle, you're doing a goof. <laughs> talk. Let's talk about let's talk about Dustin Hoffman sure. and and throughout this movie. I, I think the first third of the movie is just absolutely carried by him and other characters reacting to his antics. He's yeah. the classic like grumpy old man who just has opinions on everything, mm-hmm. can't be dissuaded. Like when he decides he wants to do something, that's what's happening. Um, yeah. There are a couple moments, and, and feel free to jump in too. But uh, the one, the first one that really stood out to me was the whole art show that he and adam sandler go to they get dressed up in tuxes for it even though it's like it's like casual attire (laughs) but the scene that i think has stuck with me from this (laughs) this thing that has stuck with me from this movie is is of dustin hoffman deciding he wants to leave and he just goes tearing off down the streets of new york and adam sandler in in the movie his character has a limp he's limping after him and it's the two of them chasing each other in tuxes (laughs) through downtown new york yeah. This is this great moment between the characters. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman's running like super old man style and slowly and then but mm. Adam Sandler can't is can hardly like uh catch up to him because he's got a limp too. So yeah, a very uh very funny moment. I I think you're right and antics is like a good word. A lot of it, it he was like really he did how I know he did well was that he annoyed me to no end this movie. <laughs> Because he was just like, you know, the old man set in his ways, like, and, and he wouldn't shut up. He like always has to tell you his opinion and that he's always right. And then, yeah, terrible listener. Um, And then, you know, and then also like about his art, he's like always kind of bitter that he never became a better artist or Mm -hmm. or a more successful commercial artist in his, in his time. Um, But then always holds out hope that he still can. And it's just like, he just will only like cares about himself and he's very egocentric and i just was i just could not stand him and and i really um i thought he did a great job at that um 
but then at the end of the day it was like his kids like love him because they're his dad but then they also had to get away from him because they knew that he wasn't really good for them either yeah definitely a a bad father figure in Mm -hmm. explanation for a lot of the issues these three adult uh, siblings have one thing I want to jump in with while we're talking about that scene, just of them with their with their tuxes at 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 MoMA, was he the father has that line in there where he's sort of critiquing is it LJ's art where they're at LJ's show, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's a friend and contemporary of the father, um, who I guess he like really likes looks up to but always I guess feels a little resentful towards because LJ has received more acclaim for his art. But anyway, he, he comments on one of the exhibits and he says, uh, you know, it's good, but the work is more intimate than the space, you know, terrible space, terrible space. Um, and that really struck a chord with me. I thought it was almost sort of like uh, it, you could read it as a like Noah Baumbach uh, reflection on the movie itself. Like he's trying to do, you know, it's it's a really uh, deep film in a lot of ways about exploring these father son father daughter um father with his many wives dynamics um but in in a sense the work is more intimate than the space which is a dramedy on netflix so are you saying that noah bombach hates netflix are we starting this look you said it i didn't say it um i mean maybe (laughs) You know what? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> the the dialogue in this movie is incredible, just like Marriage Story. Noah does a good job. I'm sure there might be other writers too. Um, and and a lot of the comedy is from that quick, just back and forth dialogue. It has the movie has kind of a manic feel at times. is very fast moving, but also is able to slow down too, which I appreciate <clears throat> and focus on certain moments. Um. One thing they do really well is build up to the arrival of Matthew in town, uh, Ben mm-hmm. Stiller's character who lives over in uh, Los Angeles and is the only of the three children who seemingly got attention and praise from their father. He's the youngest. Um, but just throughout, just constantly mentioning his name and, oh, Matthew would love this. Matthew would love that, too. Uh, that's Dustin Hoffman speaking to his other kids. Um, it's just really well done how they introduce him. And, and once he got to the movie, I thought there was that shift towards trying to have these uh, siblings reconnect that I really liked. That first scene with him where, well, I guess it's the second scene. Uh, but when he goes to lunch with his dad and they have to switch restaurants, um, mm. was just electric in every way we've we've talked about before it's good dialogue it's interesting it's funny uh i really want to hone in here on the guy who sits next to them who keeps putting stuff yeah. on their table though <laughs> um, so brazen so, so brazen. brazen yeah <laughs> the, the my favorite quote my favorite quote is the son of a bitch just put his ketchup on our table i'm gonna punch him in the face he's gonna punch him in the nose or whatever yeah Yeah. do i look like i need a second ketchup (laughs) (laughs) and then he so then this guy at the table next to him puts his wine glass on their table as well and and the dad takes a drink of it (laughs) um and when ben stiller uh aka matt gets mad at his dad for doing that he says what it's my protest (laughs) <laughs> that sort of a recurring line throughout the film is people saying, it's my protest. 
Yeah, I think one of my favorite parts of the film was with Matthew. Um, and it was probably my favorite part because it was it was like it was just the most I, I was like, this has to happen or else I'm not gonna like kind of believe this this film and this relationship with this father because it's like it's clear this father is like was a bad father and and so they're at night and dustin hoffman will not like shut off shut up just like talking about this stuff and then you know ben stiller's talking in front and they're going to the car and then um he's kind of like going back and forth uh with his father about different things but like not really raising his voice but they're kind of arguing and then I'm like, okay, like Ben Stiller needs to blow up right now because the the dad is just being an absolute asshole. And, uh, and then he does. And so I was like really happy when, when that happened, if that makes sense. Uh, kind of true to form. Yeah, it was true. Yeah. It just felt like that's what needed to happen because any like person in the right mind would just blow, like would, I, th- I felt like he was very justified in his, in his outrage at his father, um, and even though he kind of felt bad afterward or whatever, but it's just like, sometimes that just needs to happen and they need to get put in their place or whatever. And, um, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't want to have, like, I would not want to talk to, to Dustin Hoffman in this movie, like at all. No, it felt like a really good piece of character work and both writing and acting, um, to have that happen and the way, the way the blow up happened, the way the father received it. Um, I also really appreciated from Ben Stiller, just there's a moment when they're at lunch um, when the dad's sort of needling him again about leaving sort of the artistic world. And because Ben Stiller's character, Matt, he's the one who's gone off and done sort of financial handling, or at one point they call him an accountant, but he's obviously much more than that. Just kind of a wealthy, successful guy. Um, But his father's needling him about getting out of the arts and, you know, he says like, you were funny and stuff like that. And then you get to see Ben Stiller sort of recall, you know, and be sheepish about him being funny. You know, he does impressions. He's like, I'm good at doing impressions of my coworkers. They like it when I do that. And you get to see Ben Stiller, like be sheepish and sort of shy about like doing this impression for his dad, which I just thought was like a home run. Just the fact that someone who is naturally as funny um, as Ben Stiller and is known probably mostly as a comedian actor um, to see him act a more serious role. Who's like kind of shy about that. I just thought was both brilliant and hilarious. Speaking of brilliant in home runs. Oh, we can't Chris, go, thank you. Yeah. Um, we yeah. can't go I- any further in this <laughs> podcast without talking about friend of the podcast. You know, him, you love him. Adam driver has a scene in this. movie. <laughs> Hey, Adam, how's it going? We know you're listening. Good to see you again, buddy. We're back in the driver's seat, buddy. <laughs> that was it. Just wanted to oh, give a shout out to one of our fans. Yeah, no, yeah I good. mean, I don't know. Yeah. You know. Well, actually, it's a good segue into uh, another uh, collaborator. Uh, what am I trying to say? A frequent collaborator with Noah Baumbach is is the composer, the, the music in the film uh, by Randy Newman, who also did Marriage Story. Um, so little shout out there, um, because I, I, I liked it because you could tell like, uh, it was piano heavy music as, as Randy Newman does, but like it was, uh, 
it like came to the forefront and, and almost was like its own character at times. Like it would, they he used them like Noah and Randy used the music at times to like even drown out. I noticed this specifically one time at like the dinner table, like drowned out uh, Dustin Hoffman, who just kept, who, uh, you know, was obviously just prattling on about something and, and they just used the music to like drown it out and, and then zoom in on like Adam Sandler and to show his kind of uh, inner, inner strife at that moment. And so it was just like, I, I really enjoyed the music. Did, uh, did Marriage Story win best music at the Oscars this year? Uh, I can't remember. I don't know. Why? I feel like it got nominated, but I feel like it didn't win. No, it didn't win. No, because yeah, it didn't win, but it was nominated. You're correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Randy Newman has notoriously been, I think, shut out of the Oscars. Uh, I I do not. Do you want me to look that up for you? No, it's okay. (laughs) Okay. Note the disappointment in my voice, though. Uh, you could say yes at any point. No? I can't believe the Mariners traded Adam Jones. That was just... Oh, my God. Yeah, we got right. back from that. It was just like, it was nothing. You know, what are we supposed to do? You get a lefty, you can't, can't hit, can't strike out left-handed batters. Unbelievable. Anyway, I, <laughs> Dustin Hoffman... Oh wait, it's Chris, you're gonna love this. You're yeah. gonna love this. I'm trying to move this podcast Chris, on. You're no, you're <laughs> so. gonna love this. You're gonna love this. Okay. All right. The uh, oh, no. the the original <laughs> score winner for 2020 Oscars was the Joker score. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you said right. it, I knew right. exactly where this was going. <laughs> See, that's the kind go. of research I do, even when you tell me not to. And I'm very happy. <laughs> Chris, you see the Joker? Did you see it? No, I haven't seen it yet, and no, I I almost said the pro. Now. This is my this is my protest. <laughs> I refuse to watch. But it's got good music, and it actually does have good music. But beside the point, Kyle, you got to keep this podcast moving, man. If you pick the movie, you're in charge of keeping us on track and keeping things moving oh. forward. You've let Carson hijack this entire this entire proceeding. <laughs> I, I kind of like it. Oh. <laughs> Um, sorry. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I mean, Chris, you, you, you neglected to, when we first brought it up to say a, a favorite part and I just told you my favorite part. So, well, my favorite part was obviously vagina man. <laughs> so <laughs> I've already talked about it. Okay. okay. Do you want us to go back ping to pong it? paddling that cock, dude? Ping pong paddle that cock. No, I regret bringing this back up. <laughs> we were trying to show restraint the first time but if, if you want us to say more we can't if that was restraint then you know and i don't even want to know what unrestrained is did you like the the kind of climax of the movie kyle of of the dad who's been in a coma but gets his art show done and the kids speak at it did you enjoy that that whole scene uh yeah i guess so yeah, it wasn't, I, even though, I mean, I was kind of lukewarm on it, which isn't a very exciting take, but like, uh, I thought it was nice and and um, touching, I suppose, in a way that they were talking, were able to talk about their dad, but I really enjoyed actually more the fight between um, Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler 
prior to the art show and their speeches because that was much more what I felt like the the movie was like kind of you know about was like it's hard these relationships but like they obviously care about each other and it just sometimes it just kind of blows up and like I said my favorite part was was another blow up scene so it's just kind of like working through this stuff even though when it's not easy and and the speeches are a form of that but when it's kind of in an interaction with two different characters I find that's more effective um than kind of just talking out loud and I know they're talking to an audience but like it's still mm-hmm. them kind of monologuing but I prefer more dialogue in that scenario yeah I think it's nice where all I I was happy with where all the characters uh ended up in this movie um it wasn't like perfect and it was a rough road for them at times, but uh, I just think each character seemed content with their place in life and, and happy with the connections they'd made with each other reconnections and, and just little things like Adam Sandler, no longer being the primary care provider for his father and being able to say no and go visit his brother in LA and the sister kind of um, just just being there with family and and she had a strong connection with the uh, Eliza, the daughter and just all these characters. And even the, the stepmom who sort of was kind of drunken and, and buffoonish at first uh, kind of just in, tying in with this family and, and just finding their place with each other. I thought it was nice. Yeah. I, I have to say in a movie that already didn't have much to do with female characters besides maybe the daughter, um, I'm glad that it didn't go the direction of the sort of like evil alienating stepmom who comes in and tries to take everything. Cause I think Chris is right. Like you really do get to see Maureen's character kind of flesh out a little bit over the, the back half of the film of, you know, she is a good caretaker for um, their father. She is, you know, she really does want to let him live at her house. And she, she cooks for him and does all of those things and seems like a genuinely good partner and, you know, and she's also has a good relationship with Matt and who she orchestrates with to to sell off a lot of the husband's art and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it, there was no like true villain in in the film. It just was people interacting with each other, which was nice because I, I did think when it first started that the stepmom was being set up as this like money grabbing, going to try to drive them apart and they'd have to like rally against her. And, and that didn't end up being the case. Right. Yeah, and this is his fourth marriage, right? Um, so obviously, divorce. No, third. The first one was annulled. <laughs> okay. That's a line for the film for all you guys out there. Thank you, Mr. Lawyer, who will pay attention to this such things. Um, anyway, Kyle, you got me all off track. I did. Um, it's t- it's you know it's the flow of the podcast, man. You know we sometimes we interrupt, we we goof a little bit. You know it's just like you got to be ready for that. You get right back up on your feet. <laughs> I know. Um, so okay, but it's his. So it's okay, his fourth actually, marriage. Go ahead. It's his fourth marriage, <laughs> but I you got me tripped up because like legally, is well, it technically, only his third it is marriage. Third. Technically, right? is third because the first one was in gold. So okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was just under, I just misunderstanding the like legality uh, titles mm-hmm. of it all. Mm-hmm. Um. So third, fourth marriage. Um. 
And gosh dang it. <laughs> when do we when do we step in here, Chris? I say, listen, do we want to Kyle? This is your out. I'm giving you one out. Do you just want to go to the notebook, buddy? No, no, I had something to say. I don't okay. need it. Well, <laughs> so obviously this 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 uh theme of like divorce and marriage and how the children relate to their parents in such circumstances is kind of like a theme that Noah Baumbach um uh, addresses a lot in his movies and centers his movies around, uh, such as Marriage Story, obviously. And him, because he, he, you know, was a child of divorce and he's been divorced himself. So he has a lot of like experience with all this. Um, is there, you know, is there any, any, I mean, we're fortunate enough to not have had um, childhoods or experiences like that, but was there any like kind of, message you could take away from this in kind of relationships i don't know uh, just throw, toss are you it asking you don't have to are you asking me kyle uh for the life lesson of the film uh in a roundabout way i suppose i am okay well kyle as you know every movie i try to find a life lesson that you can take <laughs> and i appreciate this is a great setup for you to, yeah, to- great job kyle <laughs> you did a really good job like tying that around nice <laughs> to set me up for this yeah. for this every occurring bit we do um so this time it's from ben stiller's son mm. this life lesson okay? okay um and this was a quote from ben stiller's son and this is a life lesson you can take uh his son said free of charge do you know who- yeah this is free oh, okay he said his son said do you know who is good at fighting ninjas jim raise your hand if ninjas are your favorite thing so there you go, Kyle. Wait. Your life lesson is if you're ever in a fight with ninjas, find Jim. Oh, okay. I was wondering what the lesson actually was there. Um, I think it was pretty clear. The, the second part was just a fun uh, aside, and that was not a rhetorical question. Kyle, hmm? are ninjas your favorite thing? Uh, <laughs> no, no. My favorite okay. thing is is moving on. Okay, well, <laughs> that's good news. So, be, you know, if you ever find a, yourself in a duel with ninjas, find Jim. Before we move to the notebook here, I do just want to ask one sort of kind of wrap-up question about the movie. Because um, I do think whether it's um, Danny, Adam Sandler's character, or Matt, Ben Stiller, um, his daughter, Eliza, you know, the father, um, Gene, the sister, like there's just all of the characters in this film were were really great and had their own depth and emotion in their own ways. So I'm just curious who you guys think was, if you had to pick one, like who was, who was the heart and soul of this movie? Like who, who, who was the emotion? Who, who, who really kept it sort of moving along? Hmm. I think, um, I think it was Adam, Adam Sandler. Yeah, I agree. The movie would say it's Adam Sandler, maybe Ben Stiller, I sort of, the few bits we got of her, for me, Jean was the most interesting. I would have liked to see more from her. Definitely. Like, I I think that's who I would have picked had she had more to do and more screen time in this this film. Um, But she's really, you know, you don't get her quote-unquote story until 90 minutes in, um, and that lasts about 10 minutes in and of itself Mm -hmm. um, after you spent the first... 90 minutes talking and thinking about both sons and the father. Um, and uh, see, so I, I agree with you 
um, on, on that point. I, for me, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm, if I, if forced to answer my own question, I'd probably say Matt Ben Stiller's character. You know, I think mm-hmm. from the moment, like he's Kyle mentioned, he's sort of ever present throughout the first um, sort of act with Danny. And, you know, he's always mentioned as sort of the beloved I son. Chris, I mentioned that. I just want to make that clear and not skim yeah, Chris Kyle. On the credit. Stop, stop taking credit for my great points, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, geez, man. Um, Chris, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't realize Kyle tricked me. Hey. Um, no, hey, it's all good, man. I Kyle's yeah. Kyle's I, definitely the trickster of this pod. I, I, I know I've been making great points too, so you could be conf- confused as to as to who was contributing. But. <laughs> that was, dude. That was your best joke of the day. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Eddie, should we go to the notebook? Notebook. Tell tell the listeners what this this fun segment is. Uh. Basically, we write stuff down during the movies uh, to facilitate this discussion, but often there's little notes here and there that just don't fit naturally into the rest of the conversation. So it's time to empty out the notebook and give you little random bits of fun knowledge. Uh, Last time I read a lot of poetry. I encourage you to check it out. Uh, So yeah, otherwise known as Notes for Atu. Kyle, Mm -hmm. hit us with the note. Yeah, um, I like at the end when Adam Sandler is talking or whispering to his dad. Uh, he doesn't like actually say it to him, but it's like that, the, the little mantra they give about forgiveness or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like, I liked how that showed just like how forgiveness doesn't mean you have to stay with the person you have forgiven. Um, because in the end it might be healthier for you to, to leave, even though you have forgiven them. Hmm. That was, Damn. that's a good one. And that's that was actually that was a, a powerful point, yeah. moment. Yeah. And I, I have for- one that's, maybe just as powerful. Um, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> I I really feel Danny's pain because I too hate parking and the whole <laughs> of the film oh, is him struggling to find the spot. <laughs> yeah. And I don't I don't rage just just for the record for anyone listening. I don't rage at other cars as much as he did, but I do I rage do. internally at for the record. And also I'm a coward when it comes to parking. I'll admit it. I, I will park eight blocks away from my destination if it means not having to parallel park. So Hmm. Just remember where I you're am. Parking. Who I am. Mm-hmm. Did you notice how much he was turning around while still driving forward in that scene? Okay, but Dear so, God, I could I but, watch. But, <laughs> but that doesn't make sense because your thing was turn around to talk to someone. He was like turn around to look behind him as he's driving. He so you how does it not make angry. sense? I'm still worried he's going to hit something. Uh. <sighs> I was like, were they actually filming that though? Like, or like, like, wasn't he actually driving? So, or what? So I'm saying, like, he he didn't hit anyone. Well, I guess it was a closed, probably. I mean, it's it's like a a closed street. (laughs) (laughs) But still, there's that chance you could veer off to the side if you're looking back. I'm just saying it's possible, more possible. I'm not worried that he's actually gonna like crash and injure no, someone and yeah. then that scene would also happen to end up in the film as an accident that's no, not what I, I'm worried about i know i know <laughs> but i don't know i feel like you can take your eyes off the road for like a second it's risky that's all i'll tell you <laughs> um my first note is uh ben, <laughs> ben stiller's agent uh did a bad job on this i don't know if you guys noticed in the credits but he was like 16th in the cast list after was Sigourney it? Weaver, who had one scene, one line where she played herself. Uh, I so mean, I don't know. it was 
It was by order of appearance, I think. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, that so, would make more sense. It's not all about think, money, Carson. Listen, I think it's only fair you apologize to Mr. Stiller's agent. You know what? <laughs> yeah, I can't. There's no other way around this. Yeah, my bad. I'm sure you did a terrific job on this and got Mr. Stiller lots of money. Is, is that how all movies are? Are they all by order of appearance? No. no. Sometimes it's by order of importance. So in that case, it would have been Adam Driver first for the podcast. <laughs> hey, Adam. Still, you know, you're still here. Still Number thinking one. about you, buddy. Number one in yeah. our hearts. Yeah, I just want to make sure you heard that, Adam. I'm not a total idiot. Like, I might have been right in some world, just not this one. Um, so, Also, Adam, come on the podcast. We've been asking. Just make it work. Let's do it. Uh, okay, Chris, let's go back to you. Another note. Well, isn't it? It's Kyle's turn. Don't skip Kyle. This is my segment. Wait. I can do what I want. Okay. Give us a note. Okay. Chris. Kyle, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry, Kyle. Um, I just want to do one quick sight gag. There's a lot of great jokes. We touched on some of them. Uh, Pagina Man being one. But uh, a great sight gag is when they're at the hospital, the three siblings decide they need to write everything down. Uh, to ensure that they're keeping abreast <laughs> yeah. of what's happening. And there's that scene of the doctor talking to him and it pans up and it shows all three siblings sitting there with notepads just writing everything he says. It's just a good little visual gag they do. Carson, am I allowed now to, to go? So my next note is... <laughs> so in Ben Stiller's first sort of like extended scene, um, it's after he helps his dad like chase down a guy he thought had stolen his dad's coat. Spoilers. The guy didn't take his dad's coat. Uh, they get into sort of a shouting match about it or whatever, but then they're walking away. And Ben Stiller's like, man, I should have said something more cutting. I let him get, get away with being a prick to me. That's going to eat away at me all day. And man, I, I resonated with that. Like, don't, you know, you always get like someone's being a jerk to you and you're in the moment. You're just like, well, you're a butt face. You know, you can't like, you can't like say like the clever thing back. Like I get mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I feel you bad. I mean, I've, no, I've never used that exact comeback to someone. Oh but man. I, butt I, face I was a classic. It's been so long since I've heard that though, but that's. Yeah. Uh... Chris is being a real butt face right now, which is why we're going to go to uh, <laughs> Kyle. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh i really liked the the moment in the parking lot after gene told um her brothers about her sexual assault at the hands of um one of her dad's one of their dad's friends who came to visit him at the hospital and that's why she like ran away into the woods and it was really uh you know it was kind of it was hard to hear and it was just like made you kind of face the the reality of of what uh you know, the worst in human nature is, which is, is not good. And, but the brothers take it into their hands to, to throw rocks and beat the shit out of uh, the guy's car in the parking lot, which, which was funny. Uh, and then, it, and then it kind of contrasted with Jean's reaction of like, when, when asked if she wanted to like join in, she's like, I could do that to every car in this parking lot, but it still wouldn't take away, you know, what happened. And I thought that was really, I mean, talk about cutting. That was just mm-hmm. like, that was something to, to chew on. For sure. His power, like, like we said before, each one of um, Jean's lines, each part of her story um, was a uh, powerful or poignant or, um, or, uh, you know, worth remembering in some way. I agree. 
Chris, any more notes? I have one last note. Um, it's just a quote by Dustin Hoffman. They're at the restaurant they eventually end up at. Um, he and and Matthew and Ben Stiller. Um, and he's reading the menu prices and he sees the cost for salmon, which is extremely high. And he <laughs> quote says, do you get the salmon to blow you for that price? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, was a great quip. Yeah. Um, my last note is, you know, in the first part of this film, when you're dealing mostly with, um, Adam Sandler, you get a lot of him, you know, sort of being a deadbeat lying on his dad's sofa and stuff while his daughter's just gone off to college. And so he calls her a lot because he's got nothing else to do, no one else to talk to. Um, and it reminded me a lot. I've been thinking a lot about the end of BoJack Horseman, the uh, Netflix original series animated, because uh, in the last couple seasons, that's a big trope for that show is like BoJack's daughter, Holly Hawk. Um, goes off to college and he tries to have a relationship with her and just sort of calls her all the time and it doesn't really work. But I was happy in this film, um, Eliza, the daughters, um, uh, just felt good that she was more caring and um, receptive to her, to her dad. It seemed like they, despite everything else that went wrong in the family, that those two had a, a decent paternal relationship. Yeah, that was good. I think my last note, if you'll allow is was i will going back to the uh what was the the speeches at the art show i can't remember exactly what was said uh but like i think it was danny was talking about something it was like and then directed a question at lj the dad's contemporary and he's like isn't that right lj or like didn't that happen and lj's like uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, like, like it's not my, like he wasn't, he's not anyone's keeper. He's just kind of like this, this guy that's just there. And I just thought it was a, a funny little joke aside. Any more notes, Chris? No, I'm good. All right. Let's uh, move this along. Uh-oh. You know what time it is, Kyle? Uh, Do it. I'm. Do it. Oh, <laughs> Come on. Come on. Oh, uh, no, that was the different thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm completely seeing the damn mailbag song. <laughs> I'm completely unprepared. Uh, mailbag. How are you unprepared? <laughs> it comes out of your notebook every single time. Yeah, but the timing and you catch me off guard. It's, it's you know, it's a whole thing. <laughs> in, in, in an effort to just keep it moving, let's, let's just go to the mailbag. All right. <laughs> Every every week, everyone's favorite uh, segment. I read Un- letters, and but Carson, we just got to move on. <laughs> I read I read questions from our many fans. Um, first one, we have I have two. I know sometimes I only do one. We're doing two today, so buckle up. Uh, first one from Mikey G, our boy Mikey G from Dallas, Dallas, Texas. Uh, Kyle, you're in Texas. Do you want to say anything mm. to Mikey? Uh, hi, Mikey. All right. I'm sure Mikey says hello. <laughs> Mikey asked, uh, what is a genre of movie that you think hasn't been well represented in the past few years? And I guess you could take that a couple ways, like in terms of quality films or mm-hmm. just volume of films. What, you know, yeah. uh, so I'll, I'll go first because I see these in, ahead of time and have longer to think about them. But I think for me, 
um, quality and volume. I'd like to see more just straight up action movies, um, mm. kind of just good old fashioned turn your brain off, beat them up stuff. The only one really that comes to mind is the John Wick trilogy yeah. in recent years. Mm-hmm. I and there have been others as well. Um, Atomic Blonde a couple years back, and there's been a few, but it's I can't think Extraction, of one. Extraction most recently, probably. I don't even know what. What is Extraction? I don't even know That's, what that is. That was the straight to Netflix uh, Chris Hemsworth uh, vehicle mm. for just kind of okay action in the kind of in the vein almost of of John Wick. It's worth a watch if you cool. I have to check it out. But, but anyway, that yeah. that'd be my answer. Just just more of that style of kind of good old fashioned action movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably. Um, murder mystery or like kind of mystery like whodunits for Mm me um they've kind i think they're they might become more in vogue with the success of knives out uh last year which was a great film and so good yeah and so i get a knives out too at least that's yeah exactly so and you know i i bet other studios are gonna try their hand at it so Mm -hmm. i yeah, I, I'd like, and I, I frankly, I'd like to see that. So, so that's probably my answer. Which yeah, I'm I think looking forward to. Part of the problem with that is just everyone ran Sherlock Holmes into the ground. You know, there was a number of really good Sherlock Holmes adaptations, both film and television, and there were also a number of just sort of meh adaptations, and hmm. just part of like well, the world of film, like uh, not being creative anymore. Just sort of yeah. like, ah, let's just run it back. We're getting a third Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey. He's got a lot of time on his hands now. Wait, I it's thought coming. he died. No, that was Iron Man. Died. Oh. oh. Iron Man dies? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's oh. at the end of Ultron. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Wait, at the, at the end of Ultron? <laughs> yeah, it was a whole age, dude. They got him. <laughs> so uh i i agree fully with your guys's two nominees um and i'm also happy that i came up with a different one um congratulations can i say slapstick comedies here you know you i feel like we want. grew up uh hey kyle um, this is my turn um, <laughs> I, I feel like we grew up sort of like with the back end of will ferrell's career and a lot of those sort of just like really solid funny movies and sort of coinciding with a lot of great stuff from Judd Apatow and like um, Pineapple Express and 40-Year-Old Virgin, just like, you know, that whole line of, um, of films that he did. Um, am I wrong in saying we haven't had a lot of that stuff recently? Well, we've had stuff that's been bad. I think the studio comedy has run itself into the ground, and I think they need to kind of reset a little bit and just get back to... I, I think for me, comedy so subjective, it's hard to give like a cure-all for everything. But for me, it'd be more written jokes as opposed to relying over-relying on improvisation, which I think studios have been doing to a fault recently of just getting funny people in the room and then saying, okay, do whatever you want and we'll just film it and put it yeah. out. I think just a little bit more structure could really help the, some of these movies. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like, Judd Apatow, I think, is pretty famous for that of sort of just like, I mean, he has a script, he has a story, he writes it out, but then he just like lets his his actors go and say what do whatever they want. And that's how a lot of his movies, even good ones, end up feeling a little long or or maybe it's like, man, this scene just won't end sort of vibe. Mm-hmm. But I think, 
you know, that in and of itself is art is skillful, whether you're talking about the acting, the improv, or the director editor knowing how to uh, say, no, this actually wasn't that funny. Um, and that to the degree that everyone else has just sort of tried to replicate that, I could sure. see how that hasn't worked. Yeah, I think we just need more Adam Sandler movies on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, Jack and Jill. You see yeah. that one, Chris? <laughs> I don't think that was a Netflix one, to be fair. That was, that played, was back when people would pay money to go see it in theaters. Like the twist was he played Jack and Jill, both of them. Wow. Is um, that a, a spoiler? Yeah, that was. I, I will say, I think comedies do for a reckoning, just like uh, horror had a few years back. Horror had like, run itself into the ground just embarrassing stuff coming out every year they kind of hit a reboot got some more art kind of focused horror movies and the big budget studio horror stuff got a lot better too so i think we're due for that in comedy and i think it's coming pretty soon fingers crossed yeah that that was a good question uh i like that question you're just saying that because mikey's from texas yeah mikey texas don't tread on me all right one more? We'll do a quick one. Or no, we'll, wait. We'll it's keep... uh, come and take it. Sorry, I fucked that up. Quick one. Quick one here. That was this my Robert on... Baratheon from Game of Thrones. Quick one. Uncanny. <laughs> Man of a thousand voices, Carson Schneider. Um, okay, this is from Twitter handle, at uh, Ramon Loves Film. Uh, and he, he messaged me and said, what is your go-to concession order at the movie theater. I don't know if people remember movie theaters used to be this thing before <laughs> COVID shut it down. Yeah. Um, what'd you guys order? What was your snack? Your go snack at the movies. I'm imagining Chris's is just something to help calm him down. Cause he has to, you know, pre-select the seat. <laughs> yeah. He's still from that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. I'll tell hands. you mine. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, I'm a pib extra man. I get the smallest size pib extra because my bladder cannot handle anymore during a five hour <laughs> experience. And then I usually go for like a, if, if I'm feeling indulgent, I'll go for a, like a chop, like a Reese's pieces or some sort of like chocolate peanut butter. Sometimes like, you know, that chocolate covered cookie dough. Ooh, that mm-hmm. stuff's pretty good too. I'll do one of those, but Oof. pib extra pib extra is the best drink you can get in movie theater. If you do anything else, you're doing it wrong. Go for go for Pib Extra. I don't know the difference between Pib Extra and Mr. Pib. How much are you but... getting paid by, by Pib Extra? <laughs> That's right. It's a good listen. It's a good Pib point. Extra. I'll transition to our second our second sponsorship shout out, and it is for again Disney Plus. They bought both slots. Thank you, Disney. We love you. Make some original content. Damn it. Uh, we love you. Also, Pib drink extra. some Pib. Pib Extra. Pib Extra. Uh, Other soft drinks are available. Pib Extra. Uh, So my snack is, uh, I'm a a frozen Junior Mints guy myself, which I've been told is both kind of endearing and incredibly lame. So I'll take it. Who told you that? What? We're going to rough them up. Who said that? (laughs) Who's insulting you? Wait, they combined both of those or those are two separate? Two separate people. Um, I think my mom told me that it was endearing and ex-girlfriends have told me that it's lame. (laughs) Well, good riddance, I say. There's a reason they're ex. Take note. 
Yeah, it's because uh, I didn't want to share junior mints with me, and I'm not splurging well, on a popcorn. I'll Jesus. tell you, and your mom can't really leave the... you, so she kind of has to say that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, I'm not a big fan of the frozen. Those chocolate covered cookie dough things are always trying to get me to buy the frozen ones. I say, no, just give me give me the room temp ones, thank you. I don't, I'm not trying to break my teeth during your three hour movie. Need something nice to go with your pib extra. <laughs> um. <laughs> Kyle, what about you? Yeah, uh, I lo- absolutely love um, peanut butter M and M's, and that's not something that you actually can really get usually at oh, a movie the theater. So you got to go to like a gas station beforehand, no. where you stock Kyle. up and sneak it into the movies. <laughs> I mean, Carson, I would never call the police. <laughs> I'm dialing right now. Are you right kidding now? me? Are you uh, are you admitting on a podcast that you st- you steal from the movie theaters? What? This is, <laughs> no, far from it. It just adds to my experience, making me want to go to the theater more and spend more money when uh, you know on movies to go there. So I think it it all kind of evens out, you know. Do you get a thrill sneaking in and ripping off the hard working? It is a little info? bit of a thrill. I I duct tape it to my to the to the inside of my leg, and then I rip it off. <laughs> Right before the movie starts, you should put it in a you should put it in a flask, all the loose Eminem in a flask, and just chug it down as the movie goes. Do you remember how Kyle used to like walk up to the theater with his like own Tupperware and like uh, just go yeah. like dive into the popcorn and like scoop some out and walk away? Kyle like had this racket this? going. <laughs> yeah, we do want to get this, okay. Mister. I'm gonna walk in with like a glass, a a glass from home, and they're gonna fill it up with Pibex. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Pibex think I ever did that. I didn't really like soda, so I didn't really get the drinks there. But okay, so one of the travesties slash blessings though uh, of growing up was my all my siblings worked, uh, all my older siblings worked at a movie theater the movie theater in t- one movie theater in town. And so I always got, we always got a uh, free popcorn as long as we brought our own container in. So yeah, you roll up to the theater um, to. Uh, I mean, you make this seem like a program, but this was not a program. This was well, just. It's a bro- it's, 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 yeah, exactly. It's, no. Yeah. It's just because I had the siblings. Let me be clear working there. So you go up, hand them the, uh, you know, Tupperware and they fill up the Tupperware with popcorn. Easy yeah. as that. No, how this went down was Kyle's and, like, you fill up this Tupperware, I'm going to shaft you with this glass I got in my other hand. I'm not <laughs> sure as hell not filling it up with him extra, saving that for Chris. Um, no, well, and I, I said travesty, though, because they actually, <laughs> so, you know, they hire high schoolers to work at this movie theater, but then uh, very conspicuously or suspiciously, I should say, uh, when I applied, they suddenly stopped hiring high schoolers <laughs> to yeah. work at the movie theater. Uh, no, that sounds conspicuous. I think you had it right the first time. <laughs> Is it conspicuous? Did I have it right? Suspicious? Okay, every, every all the above. Uh, so anyway, I was like, well, I'm going to take all the free popcorn I get now if you're not going to hire me because it's like I literally was a warm body (laughs) literally all a movie theater needs is like a warm body to be there so the fact that they you know stopped hiring (laughs) people i was like frankly overqualified probably to work (laughs) (laughs) is that that what your mom told you (laughs) yeah i'm just repeating what my parents said (laughs) they don't deserve i will say it would have been great if Kyle had worked at the movie theater because we all know Kyle loves us. He would have given us tons of free oh, stuff, right? Bro, it would have been the best. But like, yeah. I don't even know what they were thinking. Like, they're like, no, high schoolers, no, no more of that. Probably because my siblings ruined it, frankly. Yeah. They probably were like, oh, God. We can all we can't let any more of these people in here. 
<laughs> he ruined the the popcorn racket for all of us. Um, can I can I talk about the next movie? As I got this wine plans, so I need to get out of here. <laughs> you can only talk about it. Are you making shark shark soup? Mm, God, that looks disgusting. Yeah, that looked terrible. Um, oh my gosh, Maureen, only... learn how to cook shark. Carson, you can only talk about your next movie if it goes well with a glass of wine. (laughs) (laughs) You were so close to tempting me to pick that. Oh my gosh. Uh, If I hadn't written out a whole bit about what I'm doing for my next film, but we'll, you know what? We'll get to wine country eventually. We'll get there eventually, but not this week. This week on straight to VHS, the Chris and Carson show. Man, cannot say that name enough. What a great name. We did a great job with this. Um, it was a really good name, yeah. Yeah. Well, this week, on Straight to VHS, the Chris and Carson show, sit down with an ice-hold glass of Pib oh. Extra and enjoy yourself the story of a Philadelphia detective who slowly unravels as he nurses a lifelong obsession with Chris. He most of his Chris. <laughs> Chris. That was so bad, but you leaned into it. What? And... <laughs> Really, so worse you were just jokes. stepping all over Carson, and Carson was just trying to get through it. He was right there, and you just—you know what? No, Chris, that's my bad. I should have seen what you were doing. I got too—I yeah. got too locked in. That was—that one's Read on the me. room. No, take a sip of ice cold pin extra. Take a beat and let me tell my joke. <laughs> Don't okay. do not give in, Carson. Chris, Chris, that's I'm gonna response. I'm gonna start again and just hit okay. me hit me with some beats, okay? Okay, okay. A Philadelphia detective. Slowly born unravels. In, born in, no, see, that was the wrong <laughs> It was Even after worse. you say Philadelphia. So much worse I was going to say born and raised. Oh. Whatever. Just say the damn movie. All right. We're watching In the Shadow of the Moon. I think it's going to be scary. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Screw I'm you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> see you next week. <laughs>